0: Hey everybody! Welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast slash uh, actually, it's more of a podcast. I'm not really doing video on this anymore. It's a little podcast that I like to put together here in this little neck of the, uh, the neck of my neighborhood, where I like to talk about all things investing, talk about what's going on in the market, share with you some of my perspectives, some of my observations about what's going on in the market, and also share with you other people's uh, perspective uh, about what's going on in, on in the, what's going on in the market. Finally, uh, one of the things I also want to uh, do through this podcast is to share with you some of my thought processes that, I've, uh, that I use in some of my own personal investment decisions. The goal here is really hopefully for you to take away some nuggets of information, some ideas, some perspectives, and be able to bring it back to your own personal situation in terms of how you frame your investment decisions. My name is Amin Reina, and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I do is I try to help people who want to become more financially independent. The problem is when it comes to investing, a lot of people feel really intimidated, frustrated, and confused by the whole investing concept. These are don't know where to start if they're just new to investing, or they've been investing for a long time, but they just aren't seeing the type of traction that they thought they'd be seeing in their portfolio. So what I do as an investment coach is, I, as I teach people, uh, I engage with them on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions, so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their life and, and achieve it with confidence. So this is episode 109, and today I want to talk about the enablers the enablers and by the enablers I mean the the people who we we come into contact every day when we talk when we deal with investing and that's that's the financial companies the brokerages the wealth management companies the banks i um, we'll talk about them I'm really gonna talk about them if you'll go back probably the last 20 years has been just an epic change in terms of how investing is done um, and the big disruptor has been technology um, I, sometimes I think it's the industry is doing it, but I think it's more of a technological change has has just disrupted the entire industry. Traditionally, if you thought about investing like 20 years ago, um, it was very proprietary. It was very you know information trading, inform, uh, you know investment research um, trading. Um, it was all basically very heavily controlled by by the institutions, and it was extremely expensive and inefficient, and you know. i don't know if i'm maybe dating myself but i remember when i started investing if you went to a brokerage company and dealt with like a traditional stock market stock broker you were paying almost 50 to 100 dollars a trade and you know today you're paying like you know a 10th of that or if that Um, it was very costly and so what's technology done in the last 20 years it's it's Enabled a lot of things to happen. It's leveled the playing field, leveled the act, increased the access to to for for people to the whole investing um, environment. You know, it's technology has, has enabled um, things like you know how we manage our, our accounts. Like you know, you can go online now and manage your portfolio and see your portfolio in real time almost. Or you know, um, you get a pretty good snapshot of where where your money stands. You know, the way we execute trades now, before you had to call up a broker and, you know, call up somebody and do it. Now you can do it all online, you, pick, you can do it on your phone and pick up a phone and and literally in a couple of taps or even just, put you know, doing a retina scan or something, you can now make trades. You can initiate transactions, information access now for helping us make investment decisions. There, it's everywhere, like blogs, social media, podcasts. Um, Real-time notifications, just getting notifications on, on a position that you have on a stock or something, you, a stock you're tracking. It's all there for us now, and and it's not just, and it's enabled us to 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 invest not necessarily at home but also globally. Like we can invest in almost any country on the planet now. It's easy to move money around. Like a little couple of, a couple of clicks or a couple of taps on your phone, you can literally transfer hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars from one end of the planet to the other. Um, We've got so many different kinds of products but probably the most significant you know event has been the whole concept of etfs where now you can get instant diversification you can get instant access to a you know exposure to to any kind of index or any kind of geographical or sector type um, basket of stocks um, instantly and at a very very low cost so technology has been a, a really has, been, has enabled a lot of positive events in the in, in, in investing and it's great but i'm also starting to see some negative influences and in terms of some things that the industry is enabling and initiatives that they're undertaking that i think are going to enable um, what i think is probably going to be bad investment behavior and ultimately need to more um, investment decisions that don't go the right way and the reason why i bring this all up is uh, this past week td america td ameritrade in the us announced that they are going to start now their platform is going to be essentially open 24 7. and essentially what it means is you can trade buy and sell stocks etfs whatever 24 7. it's not literally a nine to five thing bankers hours i guess you look at look at that and no, you know the way they're marketing this is you know under s- their value proposition is all about accessibility accessing your money doing stuff with your money and having the flexibility to do make decisions anytime you want to and to me this, is, this to me is a pretty bad precedent because you know as much as it's kind of cool to have this ease of accessibility and just the ease of making transactions or executing transactions, it's it's almost become too easy. And it's almost become kind of surreal in a sense. It's it's kind of, um, it's almost become like a video game. Like Investing has become a video game in the sense that you can just move money anywhere on the planet in seconds, you can buy and sell stocks in seconds. Um, and I think the nature of having this kind of, platform is it's creating opportunities for us to make not necessarily thoughtful educated investment decisions in fact it's probably going to encourage more emotional um impulse kind of buying investment decisions um you know just like you know you go online and you know do a lot of impulse shopping well i think you're going to see a lot of impulse investing um it's it's almost like a video game and it's but the problem is it's not a video game with you know fake money this is your money and this is your savings and i talk about this in my etf course um, because it's becoming much much more prevalent and the, the fact of the nature is these products out there just give you instant access to um, various markets out in the world um, there's sort of that caveat emptor there's a real risk prof, uh, issue there in the sense that it should just make you it can just stimulate you to make decisions very ra- irrationally and it's just it's just you know like um, <clears throat> you hear about like it's the kind of scenario I can see happening is you, you you're on you're on Twitter and somebody tweets out something about a cryptocurrency or a blockchain company or a marijuana company uh, something about snapchat something and it could just stimulate somebody to or influence somebody enough to just because the technology is so accessible and the fact that hey you know what I can jump on TD Ameritrade and at four in the morning and make a decision on that without really thinking it through um, is I think that's not a good thing I think that's a bad thing and it's just going to encourage much much more um, bad behavior in a way a lot of way it's it's this is not investing, this is just more like gambling now. And you know, I remember back in the day you used to have those in the bars, you remember you had those like video game or poker terminals out there and there was a big issue because a lot of people said it, it was very conducive to to addictive kind of behavior. Um, now literally that, that video game terminal, that poker terminal is in your back pocket and now it can be used to to buy and sell stocks and at any point in time. And to me um, that's kind of disturbing. Um, the other thing is the, the fact of the matter is, what are they, why are they doing this? They're going after the younger market. They're trying who's, who is who you know the traditional younger crowd who are much more tax savvy, who are more open to in, <coughs> leveraging technology and utilizing technology, and being more mobile. This is all about them. They're targeting them. And the risk about it is, yeah, they're charging the costs are much lower to do it. But if you're on there buying and selling trades all over the place those you know four or five dollar transactions costs are gonna, you know, if you keep clicking away, they're gonna add up. And any gains that you do get from doing that, from adopting, which is essentially a, a day trading kind of behavior, you're gonna lose them all in, in commissions. And so at the end of the day, whose does this benefit? I think this benefits the banks, the investment companies. Uh, does it benefit the, the average person, the average retail investor? No, I think this type of technology or this type of service that they're offering um and td you know e-trade is you know they were kind of the start of it all and you saw the marketing you see those commercials um partying on the yachts and you know drinking it up it's enabling they're enabling this behavior and i think um this is not a good thing and to me this is not even uh it's, it's feeding into it's not about making better or thoughtful investment decisions it's 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 stimulating um addictive kind of behaviors compulsive kind of behaviors and when you get into that then you're starting to get an emotional kind of decisions that you're going to make through this kind of platform and that usually never ends up well so um to me i saw I i'd uh I wanted to just chime in on that I th- i'm surprised i didn't get m- as much play out there um this this announcement i saw a little bit of chatter on twitter but not that much and you know the banks are not going to really talk about it or criticize it because hey it's, it's a it's a profit machine for them but uh um yeah it didn't get a lot of chatter but to me this is a to me it was a big deal and i i really can see and just because you know if ameritrade's doing it guess what all the other uh financial companies are going to soon have their own kind of version or their own kind of flavor of this kind of 24 7 accessible kind of platform and uh, i think it's 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 a negative for for the retail investor for the average investor so i just want to share that with you um love to hear what you think about it um let's hear your thoughts about this and uh this whole enabling thing that's happening here in the industry, this negative um, um, enabling concept that seems to be going on in the industry. love to hear your thoughts about it. You can hit me through, uh, if you want to get in contact with me, you can hit me through my email, through my website, sageinvestors.ca, or you can hit me through Facebook. I'm on there on my uh, Facebook page, Sage Investors is on there too. And also on Twitter, you can find me at uh, at Sage Investors. I'm on there all the time uh, tweeting uh, and sharing content. Uh, interesting things that I'm seeing, uh, observations by people on the market, sharing with you my observations also on Twitter. So you can find me through there. Follow, feel free to follow me through that. And, of course, um, feel free to subscribe to my podcasts. Um, they're all on iTunes, and uh, they're all on my website, Sage Investors, too. So you can download there, and you can listen to them through there. That's pretty much all I got for you this week. Um, Thanks a lot for listening in um, to another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye bye.